you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, everybody. From 20th Century Fox comes Screen Dive, the first podcast developed and produced by a major Hollywood studio. Screen Dive reexamines some of our most beloved films through new interviews and behind-the-scenes insights with the artists who brought them to life. Guests explore iconic titles like The Sandlot, iconic, Planet of the Apes, Deadpool, and The Devil Wears Prada. Uh, listen to Screen Dive on October 30th on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube, or wherever else you'd like to listen. And while we're here, Navy Federal has a mission to put members first by making their financial goals the priority. Receive a lifetime of membership benefits to help you and your family accomplish your life's missions, like a full suite of financial products designed to fit your needs, 24-7 live support, and access to over 300 branches on or near military bases. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information. Call 1-888-842-6328 or download the Navy Federal Credit Union app message and data rates may apply. The Around the NFL podcast is on board with Fitzmagic. There we are. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a room that is filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Sunday Night Show, week eight. Woo-wee! A lot of football to talk about, boys. I know you're excited, Mark. I am excited. I I. I think this is a special time of year, getting through the bulk of week eight games and uh, right into week nine. The special time of year is getting through the bulk of week eight I mean, games. I, you know, sometimes when you open the show, I have, like, it just flows out of me what I want to say. That time was the opposite. I have right, no Greg, idea why I just made that comment. Greg, you give it a shot. Last uh, Wembley game of the year, so it's kind of good to get that, that 6.30 wake up out of the way, but uh, it was another another solid day. Was not it, convinced was it? everyone in the room woke up at 6.30, but good call. Yeah, I certainly did not. I remembered that there was a London game about 9.51 Pacific time on my way to the office. I was like, oh, all right, I'm going to have to check that one out on the old uh, Game Passer. I was involved in shenanigans in the old Zeuser's garage last night till about 11 o'clock, so I wasn't mm. getting up at 6.30. That factored in as well. <laughs> <to> watch. <laughs> we watched some baseball. We watched um, – a wretched stand-up special that we had a bail on. We had a parachute out of it. Yeah. Probably watched each other drink multiple glasses of Tito's mixed with something else. Perhaps. <laughs> and then uh, we had a, a Beyonce video viewing party. with. It wasn't just me and Wes. There were some ladies in the garage as well. So it was a nice, a nice Saturday night. I learned who um, Sean Carter is. <laughs> Check my Instagram uh, at Hansis if you want to he- hear Wes actually learning uh, that Jay-Z has a name that is not Jay. Why did you go dot between Dan and Hansis? Is that already used by someone else? I don't know. I don't remember. It seems like an odd choice, but. Well, I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> what else you got over there, Mark? Uh, no, I got nothing <laughs> else. Just that, that kind of, st- that, that stood out to me. It's a very odd strategic move. All right. A lot of games to get to, uh, but why don't we start? There's only one undefeated team uh, in the NFL entering week eight, and they got another test. 
And they passed. From a yard deep in the end zone, along the left pass marks, coming up field is Montgomery, and he's barreled down near the 20-yard line. Ball uh -oh. popped loose, uh -oh. and the Rams say uh -oh. they've got, got it. Be Ball came you loose, Rameek Wilson may have it. It's Los Angeles football at the 20-yard line of Green Bay. Ty Montgomery turns it over. Ooh. You hear it in the voice of Larry McCarron and Wayne Larravee of the Packers Radio Network. Despair. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers were all set up for some more late-game magic, but Ty Montgomery's kickoff return fumble with two minutes to play cost Green Bay the ball and the game. The Rams forced the huge turnover, held on for a 29-27 win at the Coliseum. A Coliseum packed with cheeseheads. Los Angeles reaches the midpoint of its schedule at 8-0. Wes, Rodgers didn't get his shot. This game was like a, a an Emmy Award winning TV show at the height of its powers with all of the leading characters, Woo. all of the iconic characters nailing their parts. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers and Devontae Adams for the Packers, Clay Matthews and Blake Martinez on defense, Mike Daniels, and then they're rolling this whole game. Todd Gurley, it feels like the, the Rams jumped on his back. He gave them a jolt. Johnny Hecker, possibly the best punter in history, gave them a huge jolt. Aaron Donald it, Ray with a couple guy. of sacks. Robert Woods continues to make plays every week. This game was living up to it. And then, as usual, Bones Fossil special teams crew swings the game in its favor and is the decisive. We didn't get our, like, Aaron Rodgers moment because of the Rams special teams and because Ty Montgomery fumbled with the game on, on the line. I thought another star in this game of this drama that you're discussing was Mike Pettin out of the gate. Yes. Whose defensive scheme absolutely – was working. Beat deviled the Rams on third if, downs. Right. If you thought that you could get the Rams to open with five punts, you would like your chances with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. They still wind up scoring 29 points. Right. It's a, it's a reminder how difficult it is to beat the Rams because there's so many good things we want to talk about in this game in terms of how they got pressure on Goff, the throws that Rodgers made. And you look up at the end of the game – and the Rams had it for 75 plays, and the Packers had it for 52. They had more, you know, 50 or 60 more yards. Todd Gurley is the closer in the NFL, and this is not the first game that Todd Gurley has helped to close out, not just on the go-ahead field goal drive, but after they get the ball back to, to put the ball inside the five-yard line and make sure there's no chance for Aaron Rodgers' magic. He is the number one closer in the NFL along with that offensive line, and it's like you have to do everything perfect to beat them. You look at Goff and like he he got hit today. What was it? Four sacks, if not more. Hit almost twenty times. His final line is three hundred yards, three touchdowns, no picks. It, you you just can't see on the from the box score that anything here went anything but right for the Rams. Going back to West, though, and it was well put that it was a, a, you know a TV show at the height of its powers. Montgomery fumbling that ball was like loving, you know, 50 minutes of an hour-long episode, and then like the cable cuts. It, it was the Seinfeld finale. <laughs> yeah, that's, I was going to say it was the it Seinfeld was the finale. It, it was. It was like we tuned in for this. Well, and you had mentioned like, where, where, where is Ty Montgomery in this game, and then he makes the biggest play. He was out of the running back rotation, and they still should be giving the ball to Aaron Jones more often. But but let there me, wasn't much. Montgomery. Let me use a different example because the Seinfeld finale was completely clunky so that would have been if the game really wasn't good this was almost like the Sopranos finale where everything else was building up nicely and then right when it cuts at the diner to end you're like wait wait what else there's got to yeah. be more you're expecting this amazing ending and and it does a little bit and this is Sean McVay's got the horseshoe with him this season because I did not like his decision to run the ball um, and take the field goal the go-ahead field goal as opposed to being aggressive and trying to win the game. Give, basically, you're asking your defense to stop Aaron Rodgers uh, in those last two minutes, and I get that. You respect your defense. It is one of the best units in the league. But Rodgers has been killing teams his whole career like that. I feel like that the special teams uh, kind of bailed out McVay, who got a conservative, which surprised me. That is a fair criticism, but I loved when the Packers are up 10 to nothing, controlling the game, the Rams can't do anything over and over and over again on third down. So they have a fake punt, and it gives it just gives the team a jolt. And I don't know how many coaches do that, but they know they have the best special teams going. Right, and then the, the pitting the ball on the one-yard line, former Packer Sam Shields you know, getting Hecker's punt to set up a safety. It's, it's cliche, but all facets really do contribute for the Rams, not just – special teams, defense, offense, but every like position group you can see making an impact. Even in, on a day where they missed Cooper Cup, 
they still are getting production from Josh Reynolds, from Gerald Everett making a play or, or two. It's like it's just such a deep team. And I think the Packers have to feel better about themselves, but their schedule's so tough. It's like you can't have too many moral victories. You have to start beating these good teams that are. And the Rams, meanwhile, they, they get out of here with a win. You have the Saints, Seahawks, and Chiefs over the next three weeks. If you can get to your bye with three more wins, then you could really start talking about undefeated. I would love, by the way, and it's it's certainly in the realm of possibility, although, like Greg said, you got to win some of these games, Packers, to, to make the playoffs. But this feels like a divisional playoff rematch possibility right back in the Coliseum. They, they are in New England, Seattle, and Minnesota in three of the next four weeks with a home game against Miami in the middle of that. Oof. So those are three tough road games. Got to get some dubs. Put Robert Woods on your Pro Bowl ballot this year. Do it. You heard, Wes. Let's move on. Play action. Wentz running. He's looking. He is firing. It is complete. Down to the five. Breaking the tackle. In for the touchdown. It is Goddard. Dallas Goddard. Merrill Reese, WIP with the call. Carson Wentz threw three touchdown passes, including uh, that toss to Dallas Goddard and the Eagles. Held on for a 24-18 victory over the sliding Jacksonville Jaguars at Wembley Stadium. It uh, concludes the three-week run London games uh, this season. Greg, the Eagles haven't done a great job closing out games this season. On Sunday, they got it done. They did with a little help from the Jaguars. The Jaguars had the ball down six late in the game. They had been moving the ball pretty well in the second half. Blake, Blake, Blake Bortles played well, and they had – Seven short yardage plays in a in a in a quick span. Second and one, second and one, second in third and one, fourth and one, and then the same thing with third and two, second and two, fourth and two. And they threw on all six. On one of them, Bortles ended up taking the ball and running with it. He went zero for six on those throws. And I and I just am thinking, kind of the Jaguars are so far from the team that Doug Marone wants to be. When you see that, that that was my big takeaway. Is he's so afraid of running Carlos Hyde or Yeldon, who had a combined eighteen yards on eight carries that they're throwing out a shotgun seven straight times in a situation like that, and the Eagles' defense did their job today, and they got out of there. I thought if you're the Eagles and you know that you're going to lose your right and left tackle in this game early on and have to deal with that, that it was one of their more impressive performances in the second half to shut down the Jaguars in terms of they were the ones that were able to run the ball, and, and Josh Adams, the rookie, played well. It, it was a bit of a different type of game for the Eagles, and uh, the, the team that comes out of here 3-5 and five, since 1990, 8% of teams that are 3-5 and five make the playoffs. 92% do not. And now so that you the, needed this. And the Texans, we, we've said the South is open and, you know, maybe eight or nine wins gets it. it. And then the Colts are in it. But the Texans ultimately are 5-3 and three with an easy schedule of their own and coming into their own with a win over the Jaguars. So they're, it's, it, you can't just count on getting to eight or nine wins and getting to the playoffs if you're the Jaguars. Don't let the Jaguars uh, – Oh, okay. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, Double lock it up. Wait, we have two, I believe. Two. Uh-oh. There are two. Uh-oh. Two of you. Oh, we getting hot, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> See, Dan and I could be on the same team sometimes. We can celebrate together. This is good. Not only that, you guys both jumped on my previously said one, and I freaked out, jumped off it, and lost. Should not have done that. So it was a bad idea. Should have just what written that manufactured <laughs> joke. What was that? What a manufactured <laughs> joke. Well, one thing I wanted to point out was that even though you look at the box score, four catches, 35 yards for Alshon Jeffrey, he has been awesome since he came back. Uh, from injury with so many key plays. And on two of the key moments of this entire game, third and long, he beats Jalen Ramsey one-on-one to keep drives going. And and those were two big moments. In a game where it was kind of like you're just asking which quarterback is going to make a better play on their own on third and long. And, of course, Carson Wentz is going to be better at that. Speaking of Ramsey, don't let this Jaguars defense off the hook. I thought that was the story of the game. Blake Bortles yep. brings them back into the game. And you're hoping for a stop so you can see Blake Bortles with the game on the line. And you never get that chance because the Jaguars couldn't stop the Eagles in the second half. Let's move on. Newton fakes to McCaffrey. Throws tipped. Jumping catch, though, on the tip ball in the end zone. It's a (laughs) touchdown. McCaffrey. Oh, sometimes the heavens just look down on you and smile. (laughs) Mick Mixon. Panthers Radio Network with that call. Cam Newton completed 29, 21 of 29 passes, 219 and two scores, uh, including that um, very fortunate ricochet touchdown pass to Christian McCaffrey. The Panthers take care of the Ravens, 36 
to 21. Uh, that is nine straight wins at home for the Panthers. We don't usually connect uh, the Panthers with having a massive home field advantage, but they are cooking in Charlotte. West. the Panthers deliver another reminder that they are a beast in the West. They are, and as Greg has mentioned, you can't trust top defenses in this league anymore. The Ravens had the number one overall defense and number two pass defense going into this game. They jumped out to a 7-0 lead, scored on the opening possession, and then due to a mixture of basically self-destruction and bad luck, the game was over by halftime. Mm. Uh, Cam Newton looked good. DJ Moore, because Torrey Smith was injured, got a much bigger role in this game, and he took over a 99-yard scoring drive with Chunk plays of 33 and set 37 yards and an 11 11 yard end around on the same play, but this was this was one of the more impressive all around wins by a team um, against quality competition. I thought you made a great point in your write up that sometimes it's lucky or it's it, it smiles on a team to have a veteran go out of the lineup and have more in this case step in and do have a role that he didn't have from previous weeks. Yeah, the old saying you're only an injury away from being a good team, and it's your own injury. Torrey Smith allowed a better, more explosive mm. player to get in the lineup. We, I remember hearing over the last couple of drafts, you know, okay, here's this idea. We're going to surround Cam Newton. No more these Dave Gettleman, power forward, lumbering receivers. Let's get a fast team around him. And I think today was an example of you're kind of starting to see that. I know Curtis Samuel isn't a huge factor. But oh, he made some He made some pretty plays in this game, Right, too. he'll make a play or two here and there. DJ Moore certainly adds speed. Christian McCaffrey obviously does. And you're starting to see an offense that is more than carrying their share. They have room for growth with these young receivers, and Greg Olson, Greg Olson get a little healthier. And they're don't forget their right and left tackle have been out the first half of the year. They might come back in the second half. We saw this offense explode for 21 unanswered points against the Eagles in the fourth quarter last week. Uh, this week, four straight drives in the final 16 minutes of the first half uh, to pour it on to make it 24-7. So – this offense sometimes can get into funks like any offense, but when it gets rolling, uh, it could change a game very quickly. So the Panthers are looking good in the Ravens. The AFC is hard to figure out because uh, the Jaguars a month ago, everybody said, oh, look out for them. They're going to be in the mix. The Ravens, just when you start to get confident in them, now the defense takes a step back, and the offense simply isn't good enough uh, to pick up the slack if the defense is going to come down to earth. It does matter. Uh, scheduling, looking at it when the schedule comes out means nothing, but it always was on my radar that the AFC North got each other, which they eat each other up for the first part. Then you get the NFC South, and they've run into a two-game Thorn bush. They're like a little child that just rode his bike into a thorn bush because it's like the Saints and the Panthers back-to-back. -back. Now you're 4-4. Four and four. Last Sunday morning you were 4-2. and two. Now you're 4-4 four and, four and have to go deal with the Steelers next. And, and, it, and they lost – like the, their offensive line had Ronnie Stanley going in and out of that game and then had a walking boot on Marshall Yonda went in and out of that game and, and they already were missing a couple starters. So it's like when you have that many injuries at the same – position groups, things can go wrong. And, and tangibly, it was a factor. Uh, Hieronis Grasso, who is filling in for an injury, missed a block. Nice, and nice pronunciation. Very nicely done. He missed a block, and Kyle Love, Panthers defensive tackle, went unblocked and blew up Alex Collins to, start a, to cause a fumble and basically set the Panthers up for an easy touchdown. And there were little mistakes like this that happened to the Ravens throughout the game. Nice uh, interconference conversation, guys. Mm. But let's uh, let's move back to a full AFC matchup. He snaps it to Huber. Huber puts it down. The kick from Randy Bullock is on its way. It yeah! is good. Yeah. That's and Dave Randy Lapham. Bullock has just kicked Settle the Bengals down. to a 37-34 win at the gun. Dan Horde and Dave Lapham of the Bengals Radio Network with the call. Randy Bullock, Big Bone Randy. He cares not for your love of Fitz Magic. His 44-yard field goal in the final play of regulation lifted the Bengals to a 37-34 win over the Tampa Bay Bucks in Cincy. Andy Dalton engineered the game-winning drive after Ryan Fitzpatrick replaced an ineffective Jameis Winston and brought Tampa Bay back from the dead mark. We'll get to the winning team in a moment, but the, this Bucks QB drama won't go away. I think this is the kind of game that potentially alters destinies for Tampa Bay under center because there are now whispers out there that Jameis Winston, they would listen to offers for Jameis Winston before the trade deadline. He was dreadful in overtime against the Browns last Sunday. They won despite him. And then today, through four killer picks, the final pick six, costing them an extra point. I mean, if you're, 
I, my one question from a Dirk Hodder angle is, why did you need to get to four interceptions to replace him? He was totally ineffective. You're in a tight game, and you waited that long to put Fitzpatrick back in, who we already know that Fitzpatrick earlier in the season, despite one ill contest, played very well with this offense. I did see some criticism that it made sense to lift Winston at the half. Dirk Hodder, of course, was, he knew he was going to be asked uh, after the game what the next move was the Bucks. Here's what he had to say. Today's not the day I have to decide that, right? I mean, I'll, I don't have any problem making decisions, and I'll make it when this time's right, but now's probably not the right time to make it. That, to me, often feels like you're going to sit down with the person who was your starter today and have a conversation about putting Fitzpatrick in there. Well, it would be very surprising, I think, if you didn't stick with Fitzpatrick right. because of the way he played when he came into the game. I believe they went touchdown, they went field goal, touchdown, punt, touchdown. And you obviously no turnovers in that span. So you put up 17 points in a in a quarter. I don't think you're going to come back out. That's a, this is a franchise shifting move. Like Mark, you alluded to it. If you bench Winston for performance issues to put in the 35 year old quarterback, what is the next move for this organization? I mean, only because probably the coach won't be there. Someone can come in and spin whistle Dixie all off season about we're going to get the real Jameis Winston. But I, I, how much longer do we need to make a decision on Jameis Winston? I'm- I don't even want to bury Jameis Winston. It's more about Dirk Cotter for me. Like, Does he just hate magic? He hates being relevant. <laughs> Every time Fitzpatrick plays, the whole nation pays attention. Every time Winston plays, nobody watches because you're not exciting. You're not fun. Your team isn't as into it. Your locker room isn't in, is into it. And this guy made the bonehead decision of the year to take Fitzpatrick out of the lineup. Um, what about on the Cincinnati side, Mark? What did we see? I mean, you just listed, Greg, the fourth quarter drives for Tampa Bay. I mean, the Bengals built a massive lead in this, and it looked like it was a get-right game after the embarrassment against the Chiefs, and they did everything they could to allow Tampa Bay back in. Their final six drives were punt, 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 and then that field goal by Fat Randy. Well, let, let's but they also had four straight Randy, touchdowns it, to you know. start the game. But, but right. they, as my point is, they, they Did you say sizable Randy. I don't know. I don't want to say it's a <laughs> big boned was a big we bone Randy. Yeah. Yeah. Sizable Randy. But and we should give Andy Dalton credit. Fills out a photo booth. Andy Dalton Off did did Randy. what he needed to do that on that last final drive, drive. Absolutely. After the touchdown and two point conversion, it seemed like the the Cincinnati Bengals shame spiral was about to be complete. And he did kind of save the day with that drive. Some passes to AJ Green got them set up, and the bull kicked the uh, makeable field. It's his fourth game-winning drive this year in the final minutes. Well, that's so that's you, also because their defense is putting them in position where he has to go do that. Right, that's so my concern with the Bengals. You need a drive. You just call up Andy Dalton. Well, he's, he's the modern-day Joe Montana. One thing on Winston, by, of those four picks, they weren't tipped and then, oh, it's not on Winston. These were There were some awful decisions made by him. Why can't you give Andy Dalton the love he deserves right now? What I thought we did. Just say he's, he's the most special uh, ginger quarterback to ever play this game. Forget about Jason Garrett. Is that true? Who else is in the running? There's know. not a lot. Brandon Whedon. Carson Wentz. To. Todd Marinovich. Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz counts, <laughs> and Carson Wentz was, was unbelievable. Carson today. Palmer is sometimes called a redhead. Carson Wentz has reddish. He absolutely has reddish hair. I don't know if he's it's a not, it's he's not, not a rage, but Andy Dalton's like a raging ginger. Yes. He's, he's a glowing he's, ginger right, man. Right. I submit Ruben-esque Randy for Bullock. <laughs> I like that, Ruben. He's has. not even big anymore, though, right? <laughs> right. I think he he's, went on a I think diet. If anything, he's not Zaptig, so. Randy. So. Zaptig, Randy. <laughs> All right, let's move on. They're going to give it off on a shovel pass. Kareem Hunt breaking tackles inside the 10. Hurdles a Bronco, dragging Broncos all the way to the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. On fourth and inches, the Chiefs fire Bazooka on a shovel pass <laughs> to Kareem Hunt. Another Hunt hurdle. Love it. And a great call from Mitch Holdis of the Chiefs Radio Network. Patrick Mahomes threw for 300 yards and four more touchdowns. He's up to 26 on the year. Sammy Watkins <laughs> went over 100, two touchdowns. And, yes, uh, Kareem Hunt once again acrobatic and dynamic. The Chiefs a 30-23 win over the Broncos at Arrowhead. Uh, they sweep the season series. They are in total control of the AFC West at 7-1 seven, seven and one West. It wasn't as easy as usual, but the key, the Chiefs keep on winning. It's like uh, the Portland Trailblazers trying to beat the Golden State Warriors. The talent differential is just too wide. Who are you going to stop on the Chiefs? This pick-your-poison offense, and they picked Sammy Watkins. The other team did. Sammy Watkins burned them. 
He had a big game. Uh, Kareem Hunt had another one of those personal highlight reel plays where he hurdles a guy, breaks a couple tackles, runs into the end zone. This offense, I mean, they ran out to 30 points and then basically just shut down for the rest of the way, but that's all they needed. And the defense, the pass rush is coming along nicely. I think – D. Ford had another three sacks. This guy's having a, an incredible. Wow. I, I think he here. might be first team All Pro right now. He, yes. out, outside linebacker. I agree. That's amazing. Chris Jones had a sack for a fourth consecutive game. You can run on this team. The Broncos. I mean, Philip Philip Lindsay looks phenomenal every week. He had another good game. Um, but the, I think that Chiefs pass rush is really coming alive a little bit. Mahomes has twenty six touchdowns. Not to pick on Alex Smith, but that that ties Alex Smith's career high oh in my Kansas God. City which was last year, which was Alex Smith's best season, and that's the best one-to-one comparison because obviously this Chiefs team is very talented and they figured out some things schematically. But the fact that he's done it in half a season, it's amazing It's amazing to think how that move was considered a little gutsy right. in the offseason when they made it because it was obvious, you know, such a clear decision, clearly smart. One note on that touchdown total, he joins Peyton Manning and Tom Brady as the only quarterbacks ever to have 25 touchdowns by midseason. So are you less concerned about the defense, or is it more the opponent they played? About the Chiefs defense? Yeah. I think Kansas you can City. still run on them, and um, you, the secondary is still very subpar. I just – Justin Houston's going to come back at some point. D. Ford is playing lights out. Chris Jones is playing well. Those rookies, Breland Sparks had another spack, sack today. I think there's some talent there on the front seven. You, ne- you never know if Eric Berry ever helps this team out. That, that would be nice. It's got to be at a this leap point, of faith to think he's going to be the right. same player when he at comes back. At this point, it, that would be a surprise. But I do think they're maybe the number one team to watch on Monday and Tuesday with the trading deadline. There's a few cornerbacks that could be available. That are maybe not. Maybe they won't. It won't be Janoris Jenkins, who's a big name, but maybe it'll just be a solid starter type that can help their secondary. Well, Bridget really liked my Patrick Peterson trade possibility. <laughs> that would be great. She I mean, pumped up. Good for her. Well, they Cardinals did. don't seem to. You like were in that. my garage, by the way. You didn't see Bridget because <laughs> I don't share Bridget. So, oh, she lives in your garage? I keep her in the br- I garage. I didn't know that. Yeah, I talked about it on the th- Thursday show. She's Listen I, closer, Wes. I need to – I had to move her to a different part of my home because Bridget is mine. How does the rest of your family feel about this arrangement? I, I realize you, they don't know. Did, did anyone listen to the show I, on Thursday? Does anyone in your family my, listen my to the show? My wife is not aware that Bridget is in the home. Hmm. <laughs> Bridget, are you there, honey? Dan is hot and masculine. Betrayed old sister. I think, if anything, it's the intellectual connection and the ability just to conversate about anything, you and Bridget. It's true. It's, oh, she's always coming up with new ideas and ways to express herself. You, you guys do Mark, seem t- not. <laughs> you, can't, you can't buy that kind of affirmation. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get back to the game. The Broncos, and again, keep an eye on Vance Joseph here. Is he safe? Because uh, they got a tough schedule coming up here. They get at Chargers, I mean, home to Texans, at Chargers, home to Steelers. Uh, they got to figure out a way how to win games, and they're sloppy. Ten penalties for 83 yards, uh, penalties that wiped out big gains. Uh, you know, the My, Broncos started 2-0, and now they're 3-5. and what Meanwhile, the say? Chiefs have the Browns and Cardinals before that showdown with the Rams. Might be Demarius Thomas's last game, but seven targets, 30, 30 yards. Hasn't really gotten it going, so I'm not sure if other teams are really going to bother to give up a late pick for him. Hmm. Let us move on. Trubisky floats a pass. Caught wide open. There goes Cohen 40. Midfield. Big block to the 30. To the 20. Angle 10. 5. Hands up. Touchdown. They beat the blitz. Touchdown Bears. They've got the lead. Cohen 70 yard. Catch and run. Jeff Joniak, WBBM with the call. Tariq Cohen makes big plays every week. This time it was a 70-yard catch and run on a perfectly executed screen pass. Uh, the biggest play in the Bears' 20-13 win over the Jets at Soldier Field. Uh, the Bears played without Khalil Mack. Uh, he was held out after uh, a pregame workout that I, I suppose didn't go too well. It was the first game he's ever missed. But it didn't matter much against the banged-up and predictable Jets offense that didn't even cross midfield until late in the third quarter. So... The Bears, the team of around the NFL, always difficult. Very difficult when the team around the NFL goes against your favorite team. 
<laughs> yeah. I, I, I can really feel the. I really struggled. <laughs> you, you struggled a lot of conflict there. There was a lot of personal conflict, uh, but ultimately, <laughs> who's uh, the team of ATL again this year? They are the four and three Chicago Bears. Okay, yeah, are you sure? I've heard a lot of support downstairs <laughs> for them. Um, but they uh, they got they took care of business here. It was the right move uh, to bench uh, or to sit Mac because he hasn't been the same guy the last two weeks. If the Bears are an actual player in the NFC, which I'm not totally convinced of, but if if you want to make that case, Mac has to get back to being what he was before the ankle injury. Uh, I would even honestly uh, think about sitting him next week, too, on a trip to Buffalo and see if your defense can do the same thing it did against the Jets and let this guy get right. Uh, but uh, Allen Robinson also sat out this game. I guess he's their number one receiver. He hasn't had much of an impact this year. But the defense did the job, um, as I said at the top, so many injuries in the Jets wide receiver group and now without Bilal Powell that the field is so small for Darnold. It's like a 10-yard field, no downfield threat, and the Bears just sat on it, and they're a very not an exciting team to watch right now, a tough watch the Jets are. So the Bears, not an incredible effort here, but a take-care-of-business game, and Mitch Trubisky still spooks you a little bit with some of his erratic throwing, uh, missing open receivers, but I do I do like watching him. I, I, I know he's not a complete player and he's got a lot of work to do, Wes, but I like uh, he does make throws and then his ability to, to, to make plays with his legs, I still find it to be an intriguing talent. I think he's fun to watch and ESPN's QBR metric is not perfect by any means, but I've always had a lot of respect for it. They've got him with a 91.7 QBR, which is a great mm. QBR ranking for this game. Did they QBR in general pumps up running quarterbacks? I mean, that's just well, like good because of, yeah. passer rating doesn't give him nearly yeah, enough. Yeah, like credit. Tyrod always is super high. Cam Newton, but that's I think it's that's good to have different measures, and it does does show you his his legs have so much value, and you do look at their schedule next week. They're in Buffalo. They they'll have played the four AFC East teams in a row. You don't see too often from from a non-conference opponent. And the one thing I'd worry about with them, you look at their schedule and they're humming along at four and three. Maybe they get to five and three. I think the other NFC North teams are going to want to do better than two and two against the AFC East. To me, that's a good non-conference schedule to have. You want to beat the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Jets. And how much happier you'd be as a Jets fan to have Matt Nagy attached to Darnold because that's why you feel like Trubisky can grow as well, because of the scheme he's in and because of the history of that scheme. And you look at Darnold, it's impossible to evaluate him. And I, Rich Samini, your boy, Dan, I thought appropriately came out of this game sort of lashing Todd Bowles for mm. over-complimenting the effort of the Jets today, sort of saying they really played, they, you know, he was impressed with the effort, X, Y, and Z. Come on. I mean, the, 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 they were flat. Come on. It was not a great effort by the Jets. They hung around uh, early because the, the Bears, quite frankly, weren't playing very well on offense early on. Uh, but uh, I think Bowles is in deep trouble. I think he'll survive the season. But I, I barring some type of big turnaround, and I don't know if, the, if it's in this Jets team, especially with their current state, for that to happen, I think, he, I think he's done. I think he's in a lot of trouble. I don't think the offense coordinator, Jeremy Bates, is a guy that's probably going to survive this either. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, the Bears get the W, and uh, we move on. James with a rock breaks free. 20, 15, 10, 5. He's in. Touchdown. James Conner doing his thing against Cleveland. Bill Hillgrove, Steelers Radio Network. Bill Grove. With the call. Uh, ben Roethlisberger threw two touchdown passes to Antonio Brown. James Conner did his thing again, scoring twice. The Steelers beat up on the Browns, 33-18. Uh, Mark Sessler, the Browns remain winless in Pittsburgh since 2003. Uh, the Steelers overcame a slow start, but the game ultimately followed a familiar script. It did, and how far of a different path these two teams have taken since we were in London and watched them fight towards a tie. Because I watch Cleveland's offense, and I'm nothing but concerned about Baker Mayfield's physical safety behind a line that has no concept of how to block for him, where the Steelers, and it had a lot to do with the Steelers have stars, the Browns have prospects, and Pittsburgh just leaned on the familiar faces of Antonio Brown, but also the second half usage and production of James Conner is one of the more fascinating halves I've watched in years. He absolutely took Cleveland apart. And he can do it all. And I don't, I'm not getting into the Le'Veon Bell comparison game. It's just that they found they do a great job 
grooming these running backs. And if you're Todd Hale, you had to hate watching this because your job is, in, is, is now completely on the hot seat in that world, as is that entire coaching staffs, where the player that you were with last year looked like one of the best players on the field of any NFL game today. Yeah, what you described sounds like the old Steelers running backs, Jerome Bettis, ba- you know, Barry Foster or Bam Morris, where you just let them take over in the second half and just run it down the other team's throat. Exactly. And, like, how familiar is this all for the Browns and the Steelers? The day starts with competing reports, or essentially a bunch of different reports that agree on one thing, which is that Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson aren't getting along, and depending on the results of this game, one of them could be fired, but not sure which, which is a ridiculous a ridiculous thing, which I don't doubt is true at all, but it's like, well, we'll figure out which one to fire after the game. And then you also have the Steelers, who are looking at a division where, I know the Bengals won, but they don't look as good to me right now, and that we're rounding into midseason, and the Steelers look like the class of the division again. Yeah, we're a month a month ago. We were like, oh, can can Pittsburgh handle all this drama? Except every year this happens. This with is them. what they do. They, they thrive do. on it. Right. I think. I, I, they're, they look fine to me. I think the I uh, just said I think Todd Bowles survives at least till Black Monday. I don't. I still think Hughes in deep trouble in the here and now. This you, week. No, you're the yeah, Chiefs next week. Let's say let's say he survives this week. Who knows? You got the Chiefs, then the Falcons, then the bye. I don't know if I see a win coming before them the way they're playing right now, and that would be the time. If you, I mean, the guy's three thirty-six and one. At a certain point, you just gotta move on and get the the spirit and the demons out with him. Uh, this Brown season slipping away. At what point do you just say the Hugh thing didn't work? We gotta move on to the next step. I think what they tried to do was, in the sake of continuity, because they had such a history of, t- you know, flipping schemes every two seasons. It, this is a this is the wrong fit, and it, for me, it is not just on field. It is every autumn there are in, there's infighting, there's the channels of gossip and whisper, and you're here again, and we've been here a thousand times. Credit to Pro Football Talk for this stat: of all the coaches in NFL history, there is only one with a worse record than Hugh Jackson, Burt Bell, who went on to be the commissioner for. Hmm. They went on to coin. I don't the, think that's Hugh Jackson's destiny, but he went on to coin the phrase "any <laughs> given Sunday" too. I think Hugh could come up with a any given Sunday type line. I actually could see Hugh that not being the commissioner, but being one of those guys who ends up like working in the league office totally. just because people like him. Just like, he's like totally. the head of operations or something like that. Yeah, I don't think it's about not liking him. It's just this is not working. Yeah, like he'll get an offensive coordinator job after this if this doesn't work out. But if that doesn't work out, then he'll probably be working with like Michael Sonarsi in the NFL office. <laughs> I don't know who that is. It's a name that comes up occasionally. I think you're thinking of Michael Signora. Potentially. <laughs> <laughs> what is his role within the company? I should he, be he's a, a high-powered league employee. VP of we PR. Have a lot of he's a PR guy. Job is to shoot down him. all of your best ideas. <laughs> there's, there's where, there's where Hugh is heading. Let's move on. Russell's going to throw back shoulder. Moore makes the catch. He is in. Touchdown Seahawks. The snap throw back shoulder. To the youngster, David Moore, who tipped it up in the air and tipped it right to himself in the end zone from 15 yards out off the top of his helmet, and the Seahawks score again. Wow, Steve Rabel, Seahawks broadcasting with the call. Russell Wilson threw three touchdown passes in the second quarter. That's what they needed. That's all they needed. They beat the Lions 28-14. to uh, Greg, after the game, Russell Wilson said, quote, we can do whatever we want right now. They're feeling themselves, and you're feeling these Seahawks. I am, and they should be feeling themselves because this was like Brian Schottenheimer's offensive image come to life, just Chris Carson running people over, Russell Wilson being protected well, not having to throw too much, and then you almost plan to have the occasional third and long where he just runs around, figures out what he wants to do, and then he gets about one or two shot plays a game, and they're the two of the prettiest shot plays that any team runs all week. And at the end of the game, he has three incompletions on only 17 attempts, three touchdowns. They let the Lions back into it a little bit. But this team is really impressive and has changed really all the the cliches of what we thought was bad about the Seahawks going into the season. I was wrong about the Seahawks. I think a lot of people thought they were an also-ran team this year. Uh, but their defense especially. I mean, this whole – the big conversation around them is, well, it, the Legion of Boom, it's over. This is a team in transition. But they've managed to very quickly put back together a defense or rebuild on the fly, 
and they're winning games with this defense, not to mention a running game that has been an issue for them for years. It's a great job by Pete Carroll, and, and you know we heard a lot in August that he's rejuvenated by this, by getting rid of you know the backbone of that dynasty, that he loves having all of these young, hungry players, and that plays to his wheelhouse, and it's it's come true. They're not just physical on defense and on the offensive line, which has done a good job run blocking and protecting Wilson. They're physical at receiver, and that was a huge difference in this game. Your boy, Mark Sessler, David Moore, he's just be- he's just become your guy. I, I, he was dominating. He's just winning <laughs> like one-on-one. They're throwing balls up to him. They're throwing balls up to Tyler Lockett, who's small, but somehow— Their turnaround started when Ken, when David Moore replaced Brandon Marshall. Right, the contested line. catches, and these guys were too physical for Tease Tabor and some of the smaller lines— Secondary. Well, I don't mean to keep hitting the schedule, but you have the Chargers, Rams, Packers, and Panthers next. That feels like a AFC, NFC combined playoff mm, run. But I think tough. that makes it fun to root for them because if they can get through some of that without the wheels falling off, it's it's all right to be completely wrong about things sometimes or often, and we were, I was, about Seattle. And it's fun, or if you're a Pete Carroll fan, Pete Carroll seemed like he was being kind of eased into retirement. And all of a sudden, he's got a team that's in the mix. He said after the game, he's still mad about how the season started when they got off to that slow start because they would be a real story in the league right now if they had to figure out a way to win a couple of those early games. Well, they're so good at coaching defense that it's it's like a safety-friendly offense. I know Earl Thomas – I mean defense. Earl Thomas isn't in there, but their two safeties, Bragley McDougal and Tedrick Thompson, are playing really well. They, they signed a slot cornerback or traded for Justin Coleman from the Patriots two years ago. Justin Coleman's but one of the best slot cornerbacks in the league right now, made a huge play and interception to intercept to take Matthew Stafford. It's like they do a better job coaching up defense and certainly defensive back than the Patriots. You can look at it when, when they have similar players. Uh, and, uh, you know, let's address what we really are here to address. The streak is over. Chris Wesley, the streak is over. Long live the streak. We got outcoached. We, we overthought. Um, <laughs> we, we, we went into this week fired up about the Colts, but knowing that we couldn't look ourselves in the mirror and take them, we had a feeling about the Packers and probably should have taken them even though they ended up losing. And we got too cute. We thought we'd, we'd, do a, we'd run back that Broncos one and back-to-back to start the season. Yeah. Trying to go for, like, an identity. It was a heat check. It was, it was being too level, cute. Right? You know, but we own this loss. We're going to learn from it, and we're going to move on to next week. <laughs> a total a round of applause for an amazing run. Seven straight. Uh, but you should know, Wes, that you built up a nice little lead, but the Zeus is on a four-game winning streak himself, just two games out with a lot of season left. Over here in the Wesleyan household, we do not take our competition lightly. <laughs> <laughs> or seriously. And you are good at your job. I've seen a lot of press coach. conferences. <laughs> um, all right, any other thoughts on this game? Chris Carson doing things. 176 yards rushing for the Seahawks. You haven't seen that a lot in the post um Marshawn Lynch era. No, getting snacks. Snacks, actually, Damon Harrison made a couple plays for the Lions, but that alone isn't going to change their defense. This game could have gone a few different ways. It, it didn't necessarily need to be so one-sided. I think Matthew Stafford had one lost f- He had one lost fumble. He had one interception. It was not a heavy possession game, but that's what Seahawks does to you is you better – make your possessions count or else the game sucks. I don't like Detroit coming out of last week's run heavy. Everyone's all excited about them. They run for 34 yards. It's fair. Come on. It's fair, dog. Come on. All right, let's move on. Lock to Doyle. Doyle running defenders over, and he takes it in. Doyle rules. And the Colts back on top. Yeah, we don't usually go with the TV calls on, on Sunday, but uh, when Andrew Catalan... References Billy Madison out of nowhere. You bring it up. Deep cinephile, that's who he is. <laughs> exactly. The Colts are building momentum. Andrew Luck threw three touchdown passes. Marlon Mack went off for a buck 32 and two scores. 42-28 win over the Raiders at the Black Hole. Uh, Mark Sessler, another cinephile. You like you like the silver screen as much I as do. the next guy. I like the silver screen. And perhaps more. Oakland fought hard in this game, but the Colts' attack was too much in the end. This was one of these games that – go watch this this week on, on Game Pass and watch it soon yeah. because it was just like – not you, Dan. You don't uh, have to. Okay. The other two guys. <laughs> okay. Like possession for possession, and you got the best game of the year that Derek Carr has offered. He played great. Played Derek absolutely Carr, great. After a week of criticism and uncomfortable criticism, let's face it, uh, about if he was a man, 
That's a real thing that he faced this week. Are you crying on the field? Do your teammates like you? Are you going to be traded? Uh, You trade his number one wide receiver. And I watched a lot of this game. I thought he played tremendously well, and it kind of reminded me of – now it feels like forever ago, but when they were 11-1 and one or whatever it was right. three about three years ago, and he was playing like a near-MVP candidate, there is – there is I, great, I don't want to say greatness, but there is supreme goodness within Derek Carr, and I would think twice if I was John Gruden about getting rid of him. I don't know if that's what's going to happen, but he played so well in this game. I don't think they're going to get rid of him. I, I, I'm not sure what the continuity plan would be there unless you know you're going to get the top pick in the draft and get some quarterback that you're going to develop, but – but that could that's exactly that, something John Gruden that, I mean, might do. They wouldn't I guess we shouldn't be surprised by anything. Or trade Oakland. for Jameis Winston, which really sounds like something John Gruden would do. I'm not kidding. That go back to the Monday so night football. Do you think he that loved, John Gruden uh, would, would look at Derek Carr and Winston and say that Winston is the preferable option though? I, I'm only saying starting this next week. It, because he he seemed to love Winston so much coming out and and when he spoke about him on TV. But then again, the same was true for Derek Carr and most other young Everyone. quarterbacks. <laughs> right. So that, that's just how he is. This I thought this game came down because it was just you're waiting for someone to make a mistake. The Doug Martin fumble, and Doug Martin ran really hard. You know, you don't have Marshawn Lynch in there. We talked about it. Cooper's gone. And I, I just thought this was going to be a, a game where Oakland just did not show up. And in, the opposite happened. But Andrew Luck on the flip side, is running one of the more exciting offenses league-wide, and they trust their running game. They ran for 200-plus yards after lashing the opponent with the run last week. This was the, the imbalance has been replaced by absolute balance and an offense that is hard not to, to take your eyes off of. Frank Reich, look, he's put what his a stamp on this team. Back-to-back games with a 100-yard rusher. Three straight games, Andrew Luck hasn't been sacked. The offensive line is now one of the best in the entire league. They are averaging 35 points per game over the last five weeks, and that is with their number one receiver, running back, tight end, and offensive tackle being out of the lineup for, for most of those games. Wow. I mean, that's, that's why guys like Hugh Jackson and, and Todd Bowles have a hard case to make to their owners because you look at Matt Nagy, you look at Frank Reich, we're halfway through their first season. You can see the stamp. Absolutely. They're a- absolutely just different operations eight games in. And sometimes you got to get lucky. It's better to be uh, lucky than good because the Colts hired Reich on like two days' notice after their guy yeah. left them at the altar, and it might be one of the great moves that's happened to them in years. After seeing what the Colts are doing with Frank Reich, how can you go into next year and say, I want to hire a defensive specialist to be my head coach? Mm. I mean, You're they, looking for a head it happens. coach. He got Dontrell Inman involved, 6 for 52 in this game, but I, I do have to point out, this is one of the low moments in a proud franchise history for the Oakland Raiders, one one of the national teams that we were just handing out about 50 lollipops to start off this game that you stayed within 14 points against a 2-5 and five Colts Wait team. a second. Well, you got to watch the game. This was a tie game. I know. Derek Carr, Derek Carr did a nice job. There was, was a turnover. I'm just saying they're a lousy team. I don't think team. the Colts are the record right now, though. No, that's true. No, they have a plus 18-point differential, and that is with a team <laughs> decimated by injuries. I told you it was a bad line, though, by, by your desert people. Yep. The, the idea, yeah, that's true. The idea, the idea is just to get the wagering close to you know even and hope that the public is up. But I bet you're right. I bet everyone thought the same thing, and they ended up they ended up taking a bath on this one. Take a bath, desert. Take a bath. Oh, and Wes, uh, Andrew Luck. Probably know everyone took the Raiders, and they made lots of money. We have no idea. Uh, three touchdowns. <laughs> and I got Greg off the topic. One, one to each of his tight ends. Uh, do you know the last time a quarterback had touchdowns to three tight ends in one game? Uh, according to the game story I read on NFL.com, never. <laughs> You're right. Okay. Who's writing those? That was Burgo. All right. Bergbaum. Great story about Burgo at a Halloween party. I that see you I, tried uh, to trick me on that, though. I did. I did. Uh, uh, Burgo, who's you know a friend of the show, he's been on uh, several times. Jeremy Bergman. Uh, Jeremy Bergman does great work um, at a party. Uh, carrying around <laughs> oh, no. a, a walking stick or a cane oh. of some kind. A beautiful woman at the Halloween party in costume comes up to him. I heard this from someone else that was in the cir- circle. Makes a beeline for Burgo, looks him right in the eyes, and everybody's like, uh-oh, Halloween, happy Halloween. Love. Burgo coming yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, she says, you took my cane. <laughs> took it? Where did what, Jeremy had found it at the party it. and was walking around with it, and this woman said, you took my cane, recovered the cane, and then left with her boyfriend. 
So we might have to get Burgo in here. Just I got to check in on Burgo's love life that? a little bit. I want to know Dave Ely. I always want to know what's going on with Ely and the ladies. Yeah, I want to see what's going on with Burgo too. Burgo, Burgo has an interesting resume. He's got a couple of Hollywood films under the belt as a childhood actor. He could throw that around at a party. That's I think. what I'm saying. There's some. He's, he's got an bright, arsenal. He's a bright guy. He's got a he's got a great future ahead of him. I mean, he should be doing well. But uh, uh, the Halloween party, he struck out. Well, I mean, you can't well, just you, swipe, you know, yeah, some girl's cane. Let, yeah, let's stop, like, <laughs> stealing items from people at the party. I mean, I'm not sure a, being the little kid and kicking and screaming has opened up any pants. But. By the way, not the better kicking and screaming either, the one with Mike Ditka, so. <laughs> All right, let's move on. It should. Hang in there, Burger. One on the play clock, handoff to Adrian Peterson, through a hole, 40, 45, 50, up the sideline, 45, 40, to the 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Adrian Peterson all the way! a rough line by Greg. Finally! <laughs> Finally, Adrian yes. Peterson bounces yes. one. He was inch yes. by inch all day, and he takes it to the house. Woo-wee! Larry Michael and the Redskins Radio Network with the call. Adrian Peterson scored twice, including that game-clinching 64-yard sprint in the fourth quarter, leading the NFC East uh, Redskins to a 2013 win over the woeful G-Men at the Meadowlands. Washington is now 5-3, and three, has won three straight. Sometimes the box score is a little misleading, uh, but that's also – it feels like it's great. It's kind of cool for a running back. So they gave the rock to Adrian Peterson a lot in this game. Uh, late in the fourth quarter, he's, he's averaging uh, about three yards a carry um, and a lot of work for not a lot of uh, glory. Bang, you break off a 64-yarder. All of a sudden, you're averaging six yards a carry for the game, and you're off for 150 yards or whatever it is. So they bottled up Peterson most of the game, but they couldn't when they needed to stop the Giants. And Peterson is is fun to watch. 33 years old, and uh, he's gonna run. He's probably on pace for what 12, 1300 yards. Ooh. And and don't he, get injured. And he has he he always even when he was young. He had that little hitch to his giddy-up when he gets to his top speed. It seems more pronounced now. I don't know if that's yeah. true now that he's older. Uh, but it's just fun to see him in the open field going down the sideline, beating everyone uh, to the pylon. So uh, He th- bounds up and down. He's like he's like a like a dog when an owner comes home, just bounding <laughs> at you. He is. You can, he, is, he is kind of like that. But, like, there's not much else for me to take away from this game. This is a bad game. Um, it went according to script, right? Yeah, it went according to script. The Giants can't score. They – they made it look like they at least put it an offensive showing by getting a touchdown late, but that was with, I believe, 17 seconds left. So like last week, it was just window dressing ultimately. <laughs> they're, they're, no one scores points in the final minutes when they're down three scores. Exactly. Than the Giants. Um, and uh, Eli Manning is Eli Manning. You just wonder. They obviously kind of botched last season how they were going to handle uh, moving him out of the starting lineup, and that led to a, a domino effect uh, that rocked the whole organization. You just wonder how much longer mm. they're going to go with him. They have two quarterbacks on the roster, including, I believe, a fourth-round pick. Kyle Laletta? Yeah. Um, uh, so you just you just wonder because he, Eli has not been competitive, and because the, because of the offensive line, Wes, we talked about it last week, it's a chicken and the egg scenario. Because the line can't block him and because Eli can't move, it's just a mess. He got sacked seven more times. In oh, this my game. gosh. I mean, this this looks like if you put in this year's Redskins into a computer and say, give me the most Redskins type game, you've got two picks by DJ Swearinger who's been awesome. Pro you've got a lot of Adrian Peterson, not a lot of wide receiver action happening. The, the offense is who they are. They want to win these games 20 to 13. They're going to go about 10 and six. Their schedule, along with the Colts, is one of the easiest down the stretch. You go about 10 and six and lose in the playoffs, which is not – a totally disaster scenario for a team that everyone counted out in this division. Let's hear it for their front seven. The last three weeks they've held Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, and Christian McCaffrey under 100 rushing yards combined. Hmm. That's pretty damn good. They and- have an identity, and they've sort of had it back even in the preseason. They they know who they are. I don't know. It's kind of Jay Gruden dream team. Like, this is how he wants to play football. I don't know if you're going to win a title that way. But you're probably going to save Jay Gruden's job at the very least. The only thing is, though, we talk about over and over that defensive, defensive-oriented teams are, are going nowhere, essentially. We, we've right seen now. this Jay Gruden act, and it means next week they don't show up. Yeah. yeah, and then what happens when they play like a team with a high-powered offense versus Eli Manning, who is in sharp decline, right off a cliff? I think they're 
a coin flip team almost every week. But at the end of the day, they're five and three. Got a game and a half lead in the East, uh, and the Giants are counting down the weeks until I mean uh, they can start. Five this and rebuild. two. They don't. They don't play anyone for the entire rest of the season that you would put as one of the you know, they, eight they best teams. The Eagle. They have to play the Eagles, Eagles. twice, and that's that's tough. They I have the, the e- they have the easiest remaining schedule by winning yeah. percentage in the NFL. Hubba hubba. All right, let's move on. Bunch set to the right, two receivers left. Shotgun snap over the head of Beathard. He's chasing it down. He picks it up with two seconds left. He hoists it far side. Incomplete, and the game is over. The game is over, and the Cardinals win it 18 to 15. Trick or treat, David. We got to clip off that Ron Wolfley line because that was great. Dave Pash. The Wolfman, Cardinals Radio Network. Yes, with the game on the line, C.J. Beathard watched helplessly as the snap sailed over his head. That gap cost San Francisco the final seconds of the game and allowed the Cardinals to escape with a 23-20 win at the farm. Greg, <laughs> you look for progress when you're playing a rookie quarterback. Josh Rosen's go-ahead touchdown drive that preceded that uh, final possession. Uh, that qualifies. Absolutely. I spent three quarters watching this game thinking – I don't know if benching Josh Rosen for a week or two would help him, but that he seems so lost that they need to do something. But this is why you play the kids, because sometimes they play themselves out of it, and the experience that he had with Christian Kirk for the go-ahead touchdown, the throws that he had to Larry Fitzgerald, who had a 100-yard game and a vintage performance. Yeah, he did. In the fourth quarter, after doing absolutely nothing all day, two really strong touchdown drives. The only other drive they had was stopped because one of his receivers fumbled the ball that Rosen pulled himself together after what was really a rough performance to go get a victory, and you put that in the bank, and like that's the experience you want your young franchise quarterback to have. How about Byron Leftwich? Well, I was going to say, did you see any any <laughs> no. noticeable difference at know. all? They got the ball. I thought they used David Johnson a little bit better. He had he had more. Than, I think he had about a hundred. Left the game too, didn't he? With a at the very end, yeah, he left uh, with. He came they, back. Though. They were testing his concussion, mm. but he came back in. He got about a hundred yards from scrimmage. They got the ball to him in space a few more times. I thought, especially in the passing game, so that helped. That was his his promise to not just. Uh, Cardinals fans, but also fantasy owners that I'm going to use them the way Bruce Arians used David Johnson. And it did seem like they made that concerted effort to get the ball to him in space. Cardinals have swept this series this year. You know how in college they have like the iron bull and like the bucket of nails bull or whatever. This should be like the recycled bathwater bull. Or in New York, the Snoopy Bowl. <laughs> yeah, it's tough when your season, or, or at least... Bowl has been discontinued. I'm just saying. It, Sadly. It, it existed at some point. <laughs> like the game came down to the the 49ers center had two bad snaps in a row to end the game or else Phil Dawson at least would have given it a shot to try to tie it up. But it's not like the 49ers deserved it. They had the ball a few times in the fourth quarter and Kyle Shanahan, who's known for being aggressive was just hoping the game would end just running the ball. I mean, he tried, he tried to throw it a few times on third down and then the blitz would just batter CJ Beathard. You saying he wants the number one pick? No, not at all. But he was just hoping that his defense you know, would finish the game off for him because he had no faith in his offense, and I don't blame him. Oh, speaking of no faith, oh yeah, you no faith. This game. I did. This is one. This is one of my four locks of the week. I clearly shouldn't have jumped this off. This is the one you settled on. This is off the first one. You probably got the other three right. No, I deserve to get to get the loss because I jumped off and I went two and two. So that's a big uh, loss. And uh, anyway, so uh, it wasn't meant. I went to two and two in my locks, and uh, you know, next time. C.J. Beathard will carry me through. It was a good experience. Were you intimidated by Dan and I jumping on the Eagles thing? That well, seemed I did to say, rattle you a little bit. It wasn't so much intimidation, but it just didn't seem fun or sporting to all have the same. It just seemed boring. Not not that I thought my like, pick had a less— We got in your head a little. I you think, did. So I th- like it was, unsporting-like it was, conduct. Well, it just does, doesn't that feel like— I, I know there's no rules to this game, but doesn't it feel kind of like what's the point of three well, of us lock up? It would have been a little bit of fun if we were all in it together for put, once. Put it this if, way. If it I had about, all the time, you would have a point. But I think yeah. one right. time it's like – I had about four or five games that I thought I probably would feel equally about as good Unless as, you want so what's to undermine this segment. Well, the, yeah, that feels like a part of it. Uh, well, that wouldn't do it, would uh, it? But that does add a new element if I start locking up four to five games a week. Well, we're gonna we'll well, be tracking yeah. you, obviously, to make sure that you're you're respecting. Well, there are no rules, though. You can do whatever you want. You could just lock you're up the. You're completely undermining. You are yeah. an anarchist. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'll I'll 
You I'll need behave. to you need to get some W's though because you I'll behave. You're way under five. Well, it doesn't matter. At this point, Wes Wes would have to totally collapse. This is actually it's I can possible, hear, right? I can hear it in your voice that you're a little bit upset with yourself that this the locks have gone. I get upset when I lose. I I am. It's I like I have had terrible sports luck as a fan lately, and this is like the latest thing. Putting the Red Sox in the back. World Series Wait, and yeah, the Patriots hold on. in first place. <laughs> That's, that, that was the joke. Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, all right. Thank you. What was that, Bridget? <laughs> Greg is back on the acid. <laughs> Say that again. Uh, all right. Um, before we get to Monday Night Football or Sunday Night Football, let's talk about sportsinformationtraders.com. Perfect segue. Listen up. If you, if you bet on sports, that's where you got to be. John Price at sportsinformationtraders.com is the man that can help you make money this football season. John Price knows the line. How big do you think John Price's house must be? Oh, I think it's like it's appropriately enormous for what he's accomplished. Oh my God. Big John, I would call him because everything in his life is big. His cars, his houses, his place on the lake, Lake Tahoe estate. Staying out of this. John Price knows the lines better than anyone else in the country, and he specializes in line movement and value. So when you sign up with SportsInformationTraders.com, you get the best lines and premium information before the public does. He can help make you up to five times your investment uh, in just 90 days. Go to SportsInformationTraders.com right now and learn why John Price John Price, Johnny. Big John, I call him Big John. Big John is the only sports wagering analyst with a weekly feature where you know where it is. Forbes magazine. Ever heard of it? Oh yeah. If you want to win, give sports information traders a call at 866-441-2711. That's 866-441-2711 or go to sportsinformationtraders.com. Uh watch football, make money. It's that simple. Johnny B. Big John. On to Sunday night. On a percentage basis. Uh-oh. And that's passed off at the 44-yard line by P.J. Williams, uncontested to the end zone. And it's not often your own receiver gets you. Diggs is going to come over and stop and try and come back. The defensive back keeps going, and Cousins thought he was going to keep going. Ends up throwing it right to P.J. Williams. P.J. Williams. Pick six of Kirk Cousins. It was basically over at that point. The Saints took control of this game uh, late in the first half and cruised to a 30-20 win over the Vikings in Minneapolis. Um, a somewhat surprising effort here from the Vikings who seem to be hitting their stride, Mark Sessler, and yet the Saints come to town. The Saints up to 6-1 and one now, and they smack the Vikings around a little revenge after the NFC divisional playoffs a year ago this is the kind of game if I'm a Vikings fan has me concerned about where your season ends at some point in early January because you are looking at an offensive line that could not protect the cornerback and there were a couple killer turnovers in this one the Adam Thielen fumble that resulted in a major turning point at the end of the first half for the Saints that I don't think the Vikings ever got back into this game mentally after that Took the wind out of their sails. I know how much Dan loves win probability. <laughs> According to ESPN's win probability chart, the Vikings had a 77% chance to win before that fumble. Wow. So, And which just shows how stupid the win probability is. I love win is. probability. I put a lot of stock into it. So they, they forced the fumble. Adam Thielen, of all, person, of all people, who, by the way, had another 100-yard game uh, building Legend. his NFL record uh, and scored a, a late touchdown in the fourth quarter. Uh, but when he turns the ball over, the Saints uh, are able to quickly turn that into seven. So that's like a 14-point swing. And then, like you said, Mark, w- when they got when they got into the second half, uh, it just seemed like the game had changed at that point, Greg. Why why did it work out that way? Because the the Saints can beat in different ways. This was, on some level, a fluky game with those that turnover and then the pick six being so important. Drew Brees only throws for 120 yards and you put up 30 points and win comfortably comfortably but the Saints have shown they can win different types of ways and one of those ways is having a ball possession attack where Mark Ingram is running out the clock at the end of the game you're having short passes for long drives which they did it it was only an eight possession game I believe for New Orleans and the Vikings who are a team built on defense they got the interception of Breeze but other than that they basically didn't get any stops they could not stop the Saints from scoring and now that division is wide open the NFC North 
There's no cupcake in that division, and the Vikings are four three and one, right ahead of the four and three Bears and the three three and one Packers. Can't make sense of this Vikings team. They started off slow, got hot, and this is this is a distressing loss. I, did you say you thought it was kind of a fluky loss? I, I don't. I just mean there was a couple plays that made it a strange kind of game. I think the Saints are a more complete team in terms of running, passing, and even the defense. You kind of know what you're getting. Marcus Davenport right now is making a play or two every game, and they're getting better in terms of their pass. Rush. Saints have won six in a row, and we have a game next week where they now face the Rams. That's a beautiful. I mean, the Saints have the top two tackles in the league according to Pro Football Focus, whereas the Vikings are putting, you know, a rookie in his third start trying to stop Cameron Jordan. Good luck. Don't it, you feel like the NFC North will not have a wild card team this year? You better win that division if you want to go to the playoffs. Yeah. R- right now, the the Saints and Panthers both look like playoff teams for sure. So that there's and you think one. the Seahawks are up? I I do, but they have a pretty tough schedule. It that that last spot in the NFC. I mean, the entire NFC North seems totally up for grabs. And Taysom Hill continues to stake his claim as the under-the-radar greatest NFL player of I all time. I mean, this time. was the kitchen sink game. You got Taysom Hill on that throw to Kamara. It's a ridiculous catch. And then you have a play with Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill on the field at the same time. It's like Sean Payton went here for a little revenge. Well, Mark <laughs> uh, Sessler has closed his laptop, so that means we must close this podcast. Yeah, it's like I, I feel like we've said enough. It is time to move on to new phases of our lives. Yeah, we did. Um, we will be back next time you see slash hear us. It will be our Tuesday Twitter show, uh, 1.30 Pacific, 4.30 Eastern, 9.30 overseas in the U.K. Uh, and then we'll be back audio show next uh, Wednesday uh, where we'll be recapping the trade deadline, uh, which is happening uh, Tuesday uh, at uh, 4 p.m. Eastern. So make sure... Uh, you follow us, as you always do, with such loyalty. Uh, we thank you so much. Uh, this is Dan Hansa signing off for The Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Old Boss, and Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Until Tuesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm late. I'm late. Very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.